right, so the um, community time question was, have you done something and someone else tries to take credit for it? Well, I have a funny uh, story. Well, for those that don't know, I am a divorced mother of four. And so I was going food, uh, you know, going out to go get um, some Korean fried chicken at Bongchong in southeast Minneapolis. And my oldest daughter was with me. So I was like, oh, you know, so we ordered, you know, I kind of teased her. I was like, oh, you're going to pay for it? She's like, mom. I'm like, that's okay. I'll pay for it, right? So I go ahead, swipe my card, pay for it. And normally when you pay for something, they print out a receipt, and then you're supposed to sign. And this chick got a pen, was trying to sign her name like she paid for it. I was like, ma'am, what you trying to do? She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, okay, yeah, I paid. <laughs> I pay, I sign. <laughs> um, and so I, we are going to dive into a story where Jesus kind of had to set his disciples straight. Just a little bit. So we're going to be um, reading Luke 10, verses 1 through 9, and then 17 through 20. So we're going to do that. I'm going to turn my Bible here. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and places where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will turn to you. Stay there. Eat and drink whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from, the, from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what they offer you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Now 17 says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that the name, that your names are written in heaven. So here Jesus has, in a previous chapter, in chapter 9, he sent out his 12, the 12 that was close to him. They go ahead, preach the gospel, cast the demons, heal the sick. They come back. They're trying to recuperate. They couldn't. They end up feeding 5,000 men, not including men, women, and children, with five loaves and two fish, right? So that happened. And this time, he's sending out 72, right? He's like, all right. I'm sending you out two by two. You guys are going to go to towns that I'm soon going to go to. So when I do the math, because I'm a math person, that's 36 spots. So he's going to go to this 30, 
six spots, but he's sending two people ahead of him. They come back and they're excited, right? They're like, whoo, Lord, demons are submitting under you. Like they are just enamored by the power that's coming out of them, by the power the guy gave them, right? And you can imagine uh, at this time, the Romans are ruling over them. They're being suppressed. So now this suppressed people now have authority, right, to cast out demons. So they are just like in awe. And Jesus being Jesus, just bust the bubble, right? Like, don't chip on that. <laughs> First of all, I gave you the authority, right, to do this, to trample on uh, snakes on scorpions. So you're not going to be harmed. Don't trip on the power. Don't trip on demons submitting to you. I gave that to you. What you should be excited about is that your name is written in heaven. And let me tell you something. Reading that, being the Nigerian that I am, I was like, hmm, Lord. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I, I, I felt like Jesus did a clap back on me. Like, when you, I mean, I understand. Yes, you gave me that power, but I'm just saying, Lord, seriously. And, you know... As I took time to read scripture, I messed around and read Matthew, uh, what scripture is this? Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23. Now, before I read the scripture, I want to give you a little bit of context. Growing up, well, I was born in New York, New, uh, Bronx, New York, but I was raised in Nigeria. And in Nigeria, Nigeria is a very spiritual country. I never knew that agnostics existed. I came back to the States. Because, like, back home, you, you believed in something. It's either you with the Lord or you with something else. Like, it's a very spiritual country. And so, growing up in Nigeria and, having, and seeing Christians, what, attract, what made people believe you're a Christian and what attracted people that claim that are Christians is if you cast out demons, if you healed the sick, if you prayed and God answered, like that kind of authority and power. Okay, so that is the thing that drawn us because we have seen what that looked like on the other side. We have seen the enemy subdue or even kill people because somebody else was jealous about somebody and then did some voodoo stuff to get that person killed so they, they can gain money. But then that money was not really free. It's, it's a whole thing. So for us, having this power is what to us is like, okay, you're a Christian because God is listening to you. The demons are listening. Um, they're fleeing and you're healing the sick. All the miracle stuff. Now I messed around and read Matthew 7 verses 21 and 23, which says, and Jesus was saying this to his disciples, right? He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I read that. That took the air out of my lungs. Because me saying that I'm a Christian, this is what I was literally aiming for, 
for God to give me authority so I can pray and people are healed. God can give me authority so I can cast out devils. And here he's saying, I never knew you. And so I had to sit with this thing. And I'm like, Jesus, okay. If casting out demons and healing people is not the fruit, what makes me a Christian then? What is it? And he led me to, um, what is this, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it's like, the, this is the fruit. And then it leads me to uh, John 15, verse 5, where it says, uh, Jesus is saying to his disciples again, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So in other words, for me to bear this fruit, I have to abide in him. He has to do the work in me for me to produce this fruit. It's not about healing people, healing people, which, yeah, God would do that, but that's his authority, not ours, right? He gives the authority. He gives the anointing. He does that through us, but that does not mean that we have fruit. And so my title today is Jesus is my superpower. Like when JD um, reached out to me, was like, hey, we're doing the, uh, a series on Jesus is, and you have to pick what you think Jesus is in your life. Superpower came to my mind because I know what it's like to be a Christian and thinking that I'll be a good Christian through my works, what I do and how I say, because I read the scripture and I'm thinking, okay, I got to do this. I got to, you know, make sure I forgive and make sure I love everybody, you know, all this stuff. And after a while, I got tired. I got tired because I realized, man, I can't do this on my own. And God open my eyes to his grace. I've heard of his word grace, but never understood it till he himself had to reveal to me that his grace is literally his superpower in me to do what is it that he's calling me to do. He will enable me to love people. He's going to enable me to love. He's going to enable me to be good. He's going to enable me to be kind. And I'm like, what, really? Like, I don't have to do it? Fantastic. All right, Lord. Okay. And honestly, I, till this day, this was happening in 2007. And till this day, I literally pay attention to the grace of God in my life. If he tells me to go somewhere, I know his grace is going to be there. I know his grace. And I know it because it will feel, it will feel easy. It will flow because it's in me. And I just have to lean to it. And let him do what he said he's going to do through me and in me. Because he's going to do the work in me to develop this thing. So that it's not just a one-off. You know, our God is an investor. He doesn't like to invest in stocks that is going to decline. You know, he's a good investor. So he likes to invest in something that's going to yield fruit time after time after time. Something that's going to be long-lasting past my generation. Even to the next generation. That's always our hope and our belief. So... That's why I want to share that Jesus is our superpower. And I truly believe, knowing what I know now in Jesus, is that God don't use people. He does not use people. He partners with people. He partners with us. I mean, we are, I mean I'm, I'm one of those people that say, Lord, use me. 
Lord, use me. He's like, no. He wants to partner with you. He wants to do this life, this life together. He wants it for us to do it together. Um, I, I equate it as being in a, in a marriage relationship where, you know, you have a partner. Before you do something, you guys have a conversation. Oh, we're thinking about doing this. Are you sensing this? Or, you know, what do you think about this? That's how I see God now, even though I'm divorced, but I have a partner that I go to when I'm thinking about something. I'm like, okay, Lord, what you, what you, what you say about this? I'm thinking about, is this you? Or is this my flesh? Is this my ego? And sometimes you just post a question, man, and I'd be like, oh, okay. I thought that was you. Oh, that was, that was me trying to show off my bad. <laughs> my bad. So he's literally my partner in anything and in everything I do, even with my four children. I told God, listen, I gave you my heart because I was not doing well with it, and now you're trusting me with this four. I'm going to take this four hearts and give them to you. You teach me how to be their mom. Show me which part is my part and which part is yours, and then help me to not feel like I have to be in control or feel like I have to prove something because now I'm a divorced mom because it's a thing, you know. Your children doing something, you, you're thinking that reflects you, but it got nothing to do with you, boo. That has nothing to do with you. That's between them and God. So, and God be teaching me a whole lot about our relationship, the way I parent my children. And he, he's amazing. He's just amazing. So, Jesus is my superpower, y'all. That's my story today. Um, as you're discussing your own tables, and hopefully you have something to discuss about as... Do you see Jesus as your superpower? Have you seen Jesus anywhere in your life where he's doing something to make stuff easy? Or is he doing something to prevent you from doing something and you're trying to push past it? So hope, hopefully we had a good conversation about that, what your discernment with him looks like. Amen? Amen.